you. Am I on? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I think, uh, I think Pastor Ed is uh, 100% right when he shares. I'd much rather be in the back than up here. If you'd have flipped to the past 10 years ago, I'd have rather been up here. I wanted to be out front and seen. And, uh, and uh, as I grow in the Lord, he humbles me more and more. And uh, I would much rather be in the back, hidden. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm here, so I want to be obedient to what the Lord lays on my heart. Kind of share that with you guys. And uh, so uh, this morning, what, I, what I'm going to ask is, uh, if you have a cell phone, turn it off. Or mute it. Shut the ringer off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to kind of prepare your heart for the, for the Lord. You know, uh, in the Old Testament, there's two places that I find. And if you can find others, please, I, I, I appreciate that. Moses, in, in Exodus, when he, when he encountered the burning bush, and then Joshua, when he encountered, in the book of Joshua, when he encountered the angel of the Lord... In both cases, they said, the, the, the Lord said, take off your sandals. You're standing on holy ground. And uh, I think a lot of times we enter into our time with the Lord, whether it's here or whether it's at home, we don't take our sandals off. We keep something between us and the Lord. You know? And I, I, think, I think that's what was going on there is uh, Moses took his sandals off could feel this earth under his feet you know he he experienced that presence of the Lord in such a real way and I think a lot of times we keep something between us and the Lord we keep a shield you know maybe Moses stood on some stuff that was kind of hard on his feet I don't know you know and then same with Joshua told him to take off his sandals he was standing on holy ground when he encountered the angel of the Lord so I'm asking you to take your sandals off this morning. Shut the phone off. That stuff that's going to be between you and the Lord. You know? I'm going to ask you to uh, maybe take the shield that's covering your heart. Maybe you come to church services all the time. Maybe you've grown up in them. Maybe you're here and you don't know why. You're doing it for a family member. Or maybe you come every Sunday. I'm asking you to take your shoes off. Tracy, can you pull up that scripture? <clears throat> Let me read this real quick, and then I'm going to pray. John 6, 44 through 45. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets. And they will all be taught by God, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. It says there, unless the Father who sent me draws them. And then down below there it says, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. 
Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, draw us today. Draw us. We want to learn from you so that we can draw closer to Christ. I don't understand that, but that's what I'm praying. It says it in your word. So, Father, draw us. Draw us and teach us. In your name I pray, amen. All right. So, uh, this morning, I want to, uh, to flip to uh, a 2003 Saturn station wagon. Doesn't your heart just break inside when you look at that car? <laughs> you know, that car, that car has been with me for quite a while. And most of you know I do some survey work. And so that car has been a faithful part of my work. All my survey equipment fits in that car. I take that car places where you probably shouldn't take it, you know? My mechanic would often tell me that when he jacked it up, a piece of the spring would fall out, and he'd say, Jeff, where did you take this car this last six months? You know, that car, um, really, really, the men's group in this church was part of me deciding to go out on my own. And, and that car was part of it, you know, when I entered into this. You know, that car, when I drive down the road, and the air, even though the door was shut, would whistle in my ear. I'd think of you guys, because I'd think of Tobin, because I was surveying for him and locked my keys on the top of a blue knob with, in the middle of a snowstorm. You remember that, Tobin? And Tobin helped me unlock my car without a key. You know, Tobin was able to spread that door open <laughs> so we could get in from the top. And never quite sealed right after that. <laughs> and I remember when I realized that, Tobin, was a couple weeks later, I went to the car wash real quick, drove through it, and I'm like, my arm, my arm was soaked. <laughs> you know, I was, I was in that car with Dan Wirtz down in West Virginia in the back hills, and uh, up, on a, up on a stripping job, and I was surveying for this mining company. And on the way down, again, it was someplace I should have never taken it. On the way down, I uh, hit some rocks and uh, bent my transmission pan. And I remember looking back and thinking, what is that in the road behind me? And there was this red stripe running down the, the dirt road we were coming out on. And uh, we pulled off to the first convenience store I could find. And I said, Dan, we got to pray. And we prayed. And I crawled under the car. And I surveyed. So all I have is a little sledgehammer and some chisels. And I just, I got under there. And it bent it right where it bolts up, you know. But it kind of peeled it in such a way that it didn't pull any of the bolts out. And I pounded it up in there. And it stopped leaking. And I dumped transmission fluid in it. We prayed. And I drove that car up until November of this year and it never leaked again and you know metal you know it just doesn't go back but it's sealed so I praise the Lord in that so 
here a couple weeks ago, well, more than that, a couple months ago, I was driving, Dan Wirtz used to call it the survey sled, I was driving that, and it made this terrible noise I'd never heard before, and it said, Jeff, I can't go anymore, <laughs> and I pulled off the side of the road, and I said my goodbyes, and I actually, I actually had hopes that I could revive it, and I, I called 911, which was my mechanic, and I said, Chuck, here's what's going on. And he said, tell me again, Jeff. And I made the noise as best as I could and the chugging sounds. And, and he said, Jeff, do me a favor. Don't bring it to me. <laughs> he, said, he said, that'd be like putting shoes on a dead horse. <laughs> so I said to him, Chuck, I need a vehicle, you know, and I need one that'll go a lot of places, and here's what I'm looking for. And he said, he said, you know what? You need a little Toyota or a Nissan truck. And I said, really? I said, I wasn't really thinking about that. So I, I called my, the men in the church, you know, who kind of guide me, and I asked them to pray about it. And you know what? They said kind of the same thing. I had Mr. DiStefano and Mr. Richards were very, very adamant that uh, those trucks are very good trucks and the Toyota was a good truck. And so I started praying. You know what? I'd never paid much attention to Toyota trucks before, especially a Toyota Tacoma. You know, I didn't know. I just didn't, didn't pay much attention to them. There's like a cult following for those trucks. <laughs> and uh, I ended up deciding that I was going to pursue a Toyota Tacoma. You know, the Lord made that very clear to me after a lot of prayer. And I was going to go after a white one or an orange one, you know. And uh, I prayed about that. And uh, the Lord was kind enough to have one in this general area that I purchased. It looks exactly like that. And uh, that's what it looks like when Tobin drives it. <laughs> You know, I babied that truck. I've had it for a couple weeks now. Wouldn't you know the first time I get Tobin in it, I have to go up a hill. <laughs> I'm going nice and easy, and Tobin's like, oh, give it to her, we're gonna get stuck. And I'm like, give it going. But uh, anyhow. So, you know, before I bought that Toyota, I had no idea, I never paid much attention to it. And when I, when I purchased an orange, as you can see, I kinda like orange. You know, I thought I would be the only orange Tacoma around. And after I drove off the lot, everywhere I turn, there's an orange Tacoma truck. I'm thinking, what in the world? Did they just get the memo and everybody go out and get an orange Tacoma truck? You know, and then I thought, well, maybe that was just in around Altoona. I think there's two right in my neighborhood. And I was just fascinated by that. Have you ever experienced that? You get something new or you, or you just get involved thinking about this, you want to pursue this, and all of a sudden everybody's doing it or you see it everywhere, you know? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Well, you know, there's actually a scientific phenomenon that's called the Bader-Myhoff phenomenon. 
the Bader-Myhoff phenomenon. And that is, once you focus your mind on something, you are keenly aware of those things around you. And somebody, somebody, you know, goes into great detail and explains it, but I'm going to explain it Jeff Gunnett's method. Because your mind is busy with other stuff, just doesn't focus on that. But all of a sudden, when you train your mind to pay attention to this now, look for it, your mind, the way God designed you, you're very able to see patterns. Stuff that was hidden before becomes real then all of a sudden. It's everywhere. It's everywhere you look. And so that's what this phenomenon is called, the Bader-Mayhoff or Mayhoff phenomenon. And you know, this... This was actually very real to me that, that day we were in the woods, Tobin, because it had been a month or so since I'd been in the mountain surveying. And, and, and Tobin and I were walking a line looking for marks. And as, as you're aware, most of you, you know, the state game lands, they paint big white blaze on the tree. And we were, we were a bordering a state game lands. And I was walking. We couldn't see them anywhere. And we were like, we know it's got to be here somewhere. Well, my mind had been, because I'd been out of the woods a while, just not accustomed to it. And all of a sudden, when we found one, it was like my mind calibrated and it... And it the same woods we just walked, we turn around and walk back and boom, boom, boom. You, you see them like crazy. And I honestly, in the woods that day, I really believe God said, Jeff, this is how my kingdom is. This stuff is hidden. It's all around us. I'm in front of everyone. I hold everything together. I'm everywhere. But people are so busy, people are so just tied up in things, they don't see me. They don't recognize my hand at work. You know, he said, people don't search for me. They don't look for me, you know. And, and, and so it's even true, I think, for us as believers, you know. And... Uh, and it came true when I was reading the scripture and, and ran into that, that scripture with John the Baptist. And do you remember where he had, just a couple chapters earlier in Matthew, he had, he had heralded the coming of the Messiah. He, he, had actually, he had actually baptized him in the river, right? And then all of a sudden, his life comes under attack. He gets put into prison, and he sends a message he sends a message with his, his followers to Christ or to Jesus and his followers and said, basically, are you really the one? That was John the Baptist, you know? Let me, let me read that, Matthew. Oh, I don't even have that here. I'll just keep telling you about it. <clears throat> that, comes, that comes in just a second, Tracy, yeah. But, but he basically, 
asked Jesus, or his followers asked Jesus, are you the real deal or should we look for someone else? Are, are, are you really the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Messiah? Or should, should I tell my guys to look for someone else? And that blows your mind. It blows your mind because he had held Jesus' hand, I'm sure, touched his body, baptized him, proclaimed that he was not even worthy to untie the sandals on his feet or tie the sandals on his feet. He, he baptized him and when Christ came out, heavens opened and a dove descended on him and the Lord proclaimed that this is my son, you know. John was there. But then all of a sudden, life hit him right between the eyes. And stuff that he thought he understood and was all around him disappeared. He didn't even see it anymore. And, and, and he sent word to the disciple, or to Jesus, are you the real deal? And you know what Jesus told him? Jesus said, go back and tell him, the lame walk, the blind see. I'm the real deal. Tell him that. And then later on in, in Matthew, that same, cha that same chapter, Matthew 25, he says, At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. I'm going to just stop right there real quick. Now, Jesus, from that moment that he sent John's disciples or his followers back to John to tell him, I'm the real deal. I'm it. Jesus goes and said, Woe to you, Bethsaida. Woe to you, the other church, I forget, or the other city at the time, Chorazin. I preached and healed and did all this stuff in your land and you didn't believe me. I was right in front of you and you couldn't see me. And he, and he goes on and he enters to this point and he tells his disciples, he basically prays to God and says, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding. And so John was what I would consider wise. But you know what? We always take these things and think about it just as the unsaved or someone doesn't know Christ. 
He's blind, doesn't see. But I'm telling you, sometimes we let the world creep in and it covers our eyes again with that same goop, the same stuff that keeps us from seeing him, you know? And, and, and it's interesting that I read earlier in, in John, you know, there where it says, no one comes to the Father, or no one comes to me, Jesus, unless the Father draws him, right? And he says then, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Then here it says, in 27, Jesus said, everything's been handed over to me by the Father. And he says, no one knows the Son, me, Jesus, except the Father God. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal. So here's what I want to tell you. The Father draws us to Jesus but Jesus takes us deeper into the Father and a lot of us miss that a lot of us think we've got it figured out when we accept Christ and Jesus says let's go deeper and you know I will reveal the Father to you I will reveal the Father. <clears throat> and then I think it's a cycle. Because what's it say? It says in, the, in John 6, it says the Father will teach you. Then <laughs> you'll learn more about Him. And when you learn more about Him, you'll understand more about me. These things are mysteries, and they're hidden, you know? I think it was the Apostle Paul said that the prophets long ago desired to know what we know now, right? They desired it and couldn't figure it out. That is what? Jesus in us, the hope of glory. And then he goes on in that verse and it says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus said, these things are hidden, but I'm making them manifest now. 
It starts by you coming to me. John's in a place where he's in turmoil, you know. He, he can't see right side up, upside down. He's in a prison cell, and he's, as in you, everyone knows, eventually he's going to be beheaded by Herod. And Christ is saying, your soul needs rest. Come to me. Come to me. You got anxiety. You got distraction. You got stuff going on. You can't see. Come to me. Come to me. Those of you who labor and are heavy burdened, you're trying to plow this field. You're trying to make stuff grow. You're trying to make life work, and it's not working. Doesn't matter how hard you plow, how much you pull, it's impossible to pull that plow by yourself. Come to me. Yoke yourself to me. And you know, the image of that, and I may be wrong here, but I, I believe I've heard it, that, that a new oxen will be yoked to a much bigger, stronger, more experienced oxen. So that when that oxen was yoked to it, the bigger oxen basically pulled the load. And this oxen just learned how to follow beside. And the Christ says, I'm the big ox. <laughs> I am the big ox. Stand with me. Put this yoke on yourself. You think that it's tying you down, but I'm telling you, we're going to plow more fields than you've ever plowed. We're going to break up soil that's never been broken up before. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I will give your souls rest. That which drives you crazy, that anxiety, that pain, that discomfort, whatever it is, physical, mental, emotional, I will give that rest. Because what is your soul? That's your mind and your will and your emotions, you know? But these things seem hidden to us. Why are we so hard? Why do we think it's so hard to grab a hold, you know? Let our mind get attuned to this. Let's, let's come under his control. Let's be yoked to him. You know, I find it interesting that there's two scriptures and that I've even used. I've even used and focused them on someone that doesn't know Christ. But I think that they're actually, the context is people that know him. And, and those scriptures are in James 1 when it talks about 
James 1.21, and it talks about, therefore put away all the filth and the wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. You know what hit me? Is in that book, James is specifically talking to believers. Believers that are being persecuted like John. Believers that have been dispersed from their native land. Believers that have accepted Christ as their Savior, but now are having trouble seeing. Now, now the stuff that was in front of them, they can't see anymore because they've left all this garbage blind them. And it's interesting that John, James says, get rid of it. Get rid of the filth. Get rid of the, get rid of the, 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 the wickedness and receive the meekness, the with meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Very similar. It's able to give that soul rest. And the other scripture is in Revelations 3, 14 and 22, 14 through 22. And it's the scripture where I stand at the door and knock. And we, we always take that scripture and use it as a way to draw, to try to convince new believers to open that door. But do you know that's the scripture? That, that's the scripture, there it is. And the angel of the Lord, right, the angel of the church of Lacedicea, write the words of the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prosperity, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich in white garments so that you're, you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those who I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come him into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquer and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He's talking to believers. He's talking to people that already know him. And for whatever reason, you can't see what's right in front of you anymore. He says, buy the salve for your eyes. What in the world is clouding our vision, you know? We want to go deeper. Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't. Maybe we're satisfied with where we're at. 
He says, you've become lukewarm and you taste disgusting. I spit you out of my mouth. Buy my gold, buy my salve, buy my white garments. I have more for you than you can imagine. Right? Seek me, search for me, look for me. I'm all around you. I'm everywhere. I want to reach into your life. I want to touch your heart. I want to. I want to heal you of the sickness that is sin. I want to heal you from the sickness that is anxiety and stress. I want to heal you of that stuff. I want you to be yoked to me because you won't have to pull anymore. You just walk with me. I'll break the sod. You just get to plant then. You know, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. <laughs> Matthew 13, 44. You know what I think happens? I think a lot of us find it. I think we find it. And we hide it. And we never go back and pay the price to own it. He found it. He found it and he hid it. But then in his joy, he went and sold everything he had to acquire that field. So many find it. So many hold it in their hands. So many believe this is it. And we hide it again. I'll go back. When I need it, I know where it's hid. When I need it, I know where it's at. I know where that's at. The truth is, when you don't walk away with a plan to sell everything and buy that field, You'll forget what it looked like. It'll be a distant memory of what that treasure in your hand looked like. How it glistened. What it felt like. 
how when you held that, nothing else mattered. It melted away. And when you hid it and ran away, the world came back. And you said, I'm going to sell everything and get it. But all of a sudden, you got busy. All of a sudden, life came rushing in. And you said, tomorrow, I'll sell everything. I just need to take care of this today. Tomorrow, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. And I'll get everything organized. I'll put everything up for sale. And I'll be ready. But tomorrow comes, and something happened. And you said, well, I'm, I'm guaranteed that next week, next week I'm going to give it all up, Lord. I know I'm not supposed to have this. I know you want me to sell everything and buy that field. And he says, don't forget. And we do. <laughs> we do. Little by little, it fades. Little by little, that, that desire that we had is not as strong anymore. Man, I can't sell that. That, that means so much to me, I can't sell it. I'm going to hold on to that piece. I need that for whatever. Or, or you know what? I don't think I really have to buy the field because I hit it and I know exactly where it's at. And anytime I want it, I can have it. So, what I'm telling you is buy the field. Buy the field. Because he doesn't want you just to have that pearl, he wants you to walk on the land. He wants you to have it all. You thought it was just the pearl or the treasure. He said, when you own this land, you own my country. You own my land. And that's where I'm king and you rule with me. You own my land. So, so I stand at the door and knock. I prayed a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was a, if you've been here enough to hear me talk about my prayers or you know, how God just kind of, I think, through my imagination when I'm praying, I see stuff. You know, I had this amazing time of prayer. and I saw myself <laughs> swimming in this river. You know, it was pretty cool. And I got out of that, just this amazing time. I'm praying and I'm swimming. And I got and I walked to, this, to, the, to the shore, you know. 
And there, there's just this beautiful lawn, like garden, and I sit down there, right on this, I don't know if it was a, a rock or a tree, and I'm sitting there, and there's this, this beautiful wall with like an ivy or something growing on, just beautiful. And there's this huge archway, and in that archway is this big door. You know, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm just, I'm just, just enjoying everything. And all of a sudden, to that door, on the other side of that door, this light pierced through every crack and every crevice of the wall and the light or of the doorway. It just shone through, and it came into where I was sitting, and I was in the daylight. But all of a sudden, it became even brighter, and there were strips of light as it crossed through the the cracks and around the door it just stripped in it and I'm telling you when I saw that light I got afraid it was so amazing and so beautiful and there was a part of me that just wanted to walk into that light and just touch it and I thought don't go near it you know don't even go near it it just it just it was the craziest thing in my mind's eye I could see it was beautiful. And I ended my prayer right there. I was like, oh, and I just stopped praying. And I think that's, that's this picture. I stand at the door and knock. I, I stand at the door and knock. Open that door. You know, I am... I am uh, I'm going to appeal to everyone. I'm going to appeal to everyone to buy the field today. And, and, and maybe that field, maybe that field, you've just seen that treasure today. And, and you want it, but, but you're not sure. Or, or maybe you've seen that treasure years ago or months ago, but it's starting to fade. That memory of holding that in your hands fading. Well, I want you to get it. So I want you to, I, I'm going to ask, I know we don't normally do this, but I'm, I'm gonna ask you, if you want to go deeper, if you want to experience him for the first time, if you want more, if you want your souls to have rest, I'm going to ask you to do it today. To ask for prayer today. And I'm going to tell you that Pastor Ed is sitting right there. And if you want prayer, go to him. Tobin Stonball is sitting right here. Go ask prayer with Tobin. My wife and Beatrice Wirtz, I've asked to be open if ladies don't feel comfortable with the guys to go there and ask for prayer. And, and, and I'm going to ask Joe just to put some music on or something for a while, but I'm going to ask that, that you do not... I know in your head you're saying, I've accepted Christ. Well, if you were listening to my message, I'm saying buy the field, acquire everything. I'm not questioning your salvation. I'm asking you to go give it all up. Surrender all. That's your will.
That's your obedience to him. <clears throat> so I'm going to ask you, if you feel led, do it. Don't leave here without doing it. Do it. You know, I'm going to share one more thing. Um, again, the other night I was praying and, uh, and just had some words come to my head, so I wrote them down. And I thought I'd share them with you this morning. And these words, I'm not saying that these words are uh, God speaking. But, but I'm putting them in that reference that it's him speaking, okay? I guess what I'm saying is I'm not saying that there's some revelation to me. This is just something that as I prayed, I felt led to pen. And so I'm going to write it down. I sat and looked out my window. And you know how cold it's been, you know? And as I was praying, <clears throat> as the snow is cold, so are the hearts of those who claim they love me. Look up. Don't look down. You are not of this world. My heart aches for you. Do you not hear me? Do you not feel my kiss when the sun warms your cheek? Open the door of your heart and let my light in. This light drives out all darkness. This light will transform you into a shining star, a precious stone, a stone, a building stone for my house. Instead, you run from the light and you stumble and fall in darkness. You bloody yourself, you bruise yourself, and you blame me. You crawl around in the dirt trying to feel your way out. You grab a serpent thinking it's a rope leading home. You are lost. The sun, the moon, and stars are mine. I am the father of lights, and I cast no shifting shadows. Call out to me, and your darkness will turn to light. Your night will turn to noonday bright. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter you know how often I've wondered what those ancient doors are sometimes I have to wonder if they're not our hearts who knew him since we were born or maybe even longer before and he's saying open up Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is this king of glory? He's the king almighty, the captain of the Lord's army, the king of glory. So I am again, and now's the time. Get up. Go to Pastor Ed, go to Tobin, go to Renee, go to Beatrice. Come up here to me. I know, it's, it's kind of crazy, reckless, isn't it? 
It puts you out there a little bit, doesn't it? I don't think I need it, you know? I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Well, I'm telling you, if your heart in any way has that thought in it, I should ask for prayer. Do it, do it, do it. Don't wait, please. Maybe you think you'd, you'd, if you need a healing, if you need God to touch a physical part, pray for them. Ask for prayer. Why? He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. That means he's the way out, the way of healing, the way of victory. He is the way. Do it. Get prayer now. When I am alone, I do it. You do it. The Don't wait. When I am a desert, you are the river. Get prayer. Seek him. tell you right now God's here he's all around Continue what you're doing more, a little more, Lord, more. Lord, I know there's people who don't even want to get up. More. Open up. Ancient doors. Open up. And let the King of glory in. Mm. Lord, do it. Papa, do it. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. Jesus. Jesus. More, Papa, more. 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 Do it, Lord. Do it. More. More. Do it. More. More. 
Hey, Joe. Can you mute me just for... I don't care who you are. I don't care if you think, well, people are going to think something of me. Because I, I, I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. I don't need, I'm telling you, seek it today. Don't walk away. By the field. Walk in the land. If you struggle with some anxiety, if you struggle with that, get prayer. Get prayer. God can set you free of that. If you struggle, I'm telling you, please, Jesus, be glorified. Papa, more Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit, more. Father, draw us. Father, draw us. Jesus, reveal yourself. Father, to us. More, Papa, more. 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 Jesus. Be glorified. Holy Spirit, be glorified. Be glorified. Jesus, be glorified. Be glorified. Be glorified. More, more. Holy Spirit, more. More. If you if you have if you have had the that fire for evangelism and it's gone and you want it back, ask for prayer for that. That's what I'm telling you. Ask for prayer for that. If, if, you, if you have never had it but you want it, ask for prayer for that.